A steward's job is important. Their vigilance prevents workers from being abused. Their leadership builds the union. Robert M. Schwartz. Hey everybody, welcome to the 10 to 12 podcast, the official podcast of Teamsters Local 1150. I'm Stephen French. And I'm Jason Shoemaker. So, uh, kind of a diversion today. Uh, this episode is is very much just a Teamsters Local 1150 episode. Um, it, it's it, We're going to talk about stewards. Steward elections are coming up uh, probably in January, maybe early February. So, uh, just a few months away, and we thought it would be a good idea to talk about the role of the shop steward. Um, We have a couple of guests to help us do that, but first, let's take a dive into our contract. So the part of our contract that talks about stewards and the recognition of the different types of stewards is uh, 10.1 for anybody that's looking for it. But basically what this language talks about is that for labor stewards, we have a ratio of one steward for every 90 employees. In the event we go over that 90 and become you know, 91, you would then rate for a second steward. Um, So that's how they determine the number of stewards in the shop. And there's different steward areas. Um, So the stewards are spread out throughout the building. Um, It's geographically done. They're assigned by area. And you would have a steward that's assigned to you, and you'd run for that position if you wanted to run for steward. In the event you do want to run, to run for labor steward, you have to have at least six months in the company. And that's also true for job evaluation. The only difference would be for a safety steward, you have to have 12 months in the company. So pretty simple stuff, right? Um, and, and I think that's an an important piece of language to look at um, for today's episode. Uh, again, steward elections are coming up. Um, we want to talk to our members about what it means to be a steward. We like to encourage our members to get involved in the union. And if that means running for steward, running for an open steward position, that's that's a great idea. Um, but folks should know what it what it means. Folks should know what it's all about. Uh, to be a steward. So joining us today are a couple of our stewards, uh, Rob DeChico and Mike Mento. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, Mike, you've been on the show before, so welcome back. Thank you very much. Um, so, Mike, steward for how long? Uh, I think it's been about eight eight years or so. Okay. Second shift? Yep. Um, AFO? Uh, yep, and final right. assembly. Correct. Rob? Uh, about six years now. Okay. Five, AFO? six years in the, uh, the CAC Center. Okay. First shift? First shift, yes. Nice. All right. So we got some experience here. Uh, you know, a couple of our of our more active stewards. So really, we just want to have a conversation, right? What's it like to be a steward? What does it mean to be a steward? I, I think I want to start by just asking, what's the hardest thing about being a steward? I, I would say that um, the hard the hardest part is usually when you know you're going to have a lot of members that come to you and they you know. It, it, they don't they don't necessarily know what is a contractual violation and what is not a contractual violation. Sometimes you know it might be just like a moral dispute, and um, you have to try to explain to them like this this is a grievance there or this isn't right. And you know sometimes it's that's not always taken kindly. Whether when they find out that it's not a grievance and. Yep. You know, like this is just a job assignment and they can't have you go do this job per right. se. Right. And uh, and and that, you know, that that's a good point because you know when when members who are listening right now 
who are maybe thinking about running for steward, you know, maybe that's you, right? Maybe maybe it's you that doesn't necessarily know the contract inside and out, right? Most of our members don't read the contract diligently, right? They're maybe familiar with, with pieces of the contract, but, you know, it's really important for our stewards to know the contract. This is not just about... Um, writing wrongs right hey the, my member is upset about something and i'm going to go fix it right that's not what it's about it's about understanding the contract knowing the contract inside and out and and protecting that contract right enforcing that contract that's our job as stewards and doing the paperwork to protect it because really you know a lot of people i think associate it with just the conversation in the room and you know i'm going to go bargain with management and we're going to work this out but there's the aspect of having to go sit down file all your notes, file your written grievance, make sure you're filing your timelines and, you know, getting things in in a timely manner. Yeah. There's a lot more to it than just showing up that day. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think one of the things prior to me becoming a steward that was actually very beneficial is I actually had spoke to a lot of the stewards and became, I was friends with a lot of the stewards. And, and at that point, like I was, directed on you know a lot of the the like to sit down read the contract read it read it you can you can't read it too much the more you know out of it the better you're going to be absolutely and um i i think that uh, i mean a lot of our membership should read the contract as you know like take it seriously sit down read it like you're going to read a book yeah because i mean it affects your everyday day-to-day activities and it's the more you know, the stronger you are, and they, they should really know it, especially if they have an interest in becoming a steward at some point. Yeah. Rob, what made you become a steward? Um, I started in 08, and after I made my 90 days, I actually worked in the finals area, and they ended up transferring me down. It's, it's still part of the 3200 department, but the CAC. And uh, when I was down there, they wanted me to work on a certain job on the HH line. And at the time, the engineer and the lead were telling me that it was a new program. It was like aircraft three or four, give or take. And the harnesses were swapped. Now, management was wanted me just to, hey, stamp it out, stamp it out. Don't worry about it. And I knew that was wrong. So when I said it needed to be fixed, I actually ended up taking a quick break, getting a coffee, getting something to eat. And when I came back, the manager actually took the food away and told me until I stamp this out I can't eat or have anything to drink so oh I'm God. gonna be honest I'm 20 years old or just turned 20 years old I have no idea really that much about the union I, I knew a little bit here and there and I was like okay what am I gonna do so someone said hey listen go see the the union steward at the time so I ended up walking up to the person and when I was talking to him he realized he actually went to school with my parents, which was huh. kind of crazy. And I explained everything to him, and he said, call for me, I'll take care of it. So that was the first time I actually ever raised my hand. And basically, I got to eat and drink, and uh, the manager was told uh, to make sure he doesn't make me falsify labor. You know, I think, I think there's, there's a couple of reasons why people become stewards. Um, and and we just heard both of those, right? One who, you know, you, you get to know stewards, you kind of are hanging out with some stewards and you're like, hey, this sounds pretty cool. Maybe I'm going to learn something here and then try to do this. Um, and then there's like, like you, Rob, and like me, something happened, 
right? So back in the day, it was the same thing with me, right? There was an incident. I ended up actually getting suspended. Um, didn't think it was fair at all. I got my job back. Um, Jack Powers, not too many people remember his name, but Jack Powers got me my job back. And, and from that day forward, I was like, I'm a solid union guy, right? And the next opportunity to run, I ran. Um, so what about you, Jay? I, it was kind of interesting. I had just gotten out of college when I got hired here and I had an aunt that was a VP of her union at AFSCME. And she had said, you know, the minute you get in there, go introduce yourself to your steward and get involved in the union. And I didn't know a whole lot about unions at the time, but you know, I knew my aunt had a good head on her shoulders and had a good career in a union. So I went and introduced myself and I just asked, you know, how do you get involved? And he told me, show up to meetings and, you know, make it known that you want to be a part of it. And if an opportunity comes up, you know, we'll let you know. And sure enough, I didn't realize this. He was planning to go to day shift um, in the next six months. So when he did go to days, he introduced me to the business agent. I started attending meetings. And before you know it, there was the opening and I got appointed. I think it's really, it's really important for anyone out there considering running for steward to have a real good understanding of what the union means to you right what the union means to us um if you're not fully invested in that union mindset right i i don't know how you do the job it's it's a hard job if you're doing it right if there's anyone out there that becomes a steward and says this is pretty easy I can tell you right now, you're not doing it right. 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 Because it's not an easy job. And I think it's important for people to understand that. If you're looking for an easy gig, don't run for steward because it's not an easy gig. Right. I mean, what, what, again, let's talk more about what's hard about it. Uh, Let's just, we could start, we could start with just overtime audits like right now. Yeah. Just trying to get accurate records. On its own, like people, um, I don't. I I think people don't fully understand that. You know, it's not just like it's just going to be like you're going to sit down, have a meeting with a supervisor or manager, fix a complaint, and you're done. You also have your your overtime audits and coming along with just saying audit. Like right now, we're looking at with we we had you know I had twenty something people on loan from my area. Right, going to check and see whether or not those people were tracked correctly in the areas that they were loaned to, now recorded properly back on the home sheets. Just that alone, which should seem like it's easy, is like pulling teeth to get accurate records to act to, act to that that reflect that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like a member that doesn't know the contract just thinks, oh, you're just looking at a sheet, a table here, and it tells you the numbers, right? Yeah. yeah. But what you're explaining now is that you have to take your knowledge of the contract and apply that to the record you're seeing and make sure that that record is following the language and that's a lot more of a task than yeah just it's a lot more adding. in depth than what it seems from the outside and that's why it's very very important for our members too to actually check the overtime sheets weekly oh yeah yeah because yes we're getting these numbers but we don't know what what days you guys took off or doctor's notes or vacation and all these codes do make a difference so if we get it and then all of a sudden three, four months later we're doing it, you're like, well, no, that's not right. That's not right. It does make our job more difficult. Really true. That, that brings up a really good point. It, it, it's been my experience that the best stewards have the best members, 
right? In other words, the the steward who goes out there and and communicates with their member and and encourage them to to Rob's point to look at the overtime sheet to take an active role in in what the steward does right so yeah the steward is there to enforce the rules if they're broken but it's the member's job to make sure you know to be that first person to say hey my rights have been violated right yeah, the company's yeah, doing something absolutely. wrong and and when we are able to encourage our members to do that and take an active role in their own representation th- that steward has the best the best scenario it really becomes like a two-way street where you know by doing that as a member you're strengthening the steward's position and as a steward by encouraging members like that you're strengthening the whole membership so no question yeah, it's got to get done so what kind of personality do you have to have to be a steward i i, I think listen I, down down to it right you want to be able to advocate for people and you need to be able to advocate you need to be able to advocate for people so if you're going to have there's there's some you could sit down with some supervisors that are easygoing, no problem. Then you're going to sit down with some that are completely opposite, and they're going to, you know, it's going to be an aggressive conversation. And you're going to go back and forth with them. So if you're, if getting into an aggressive conversation isn't possible for you, that, that, it's going to be difficult for you to do your job a lot of the times. You have to be able to have that conversation, but also still be clear, calm, and collect onto what it is you are trying to achieve. No question. Um, so I think there's a couple of different types of personalities that that can do this job, right? Um, Rob's a bully, right? <laughs> right? So they say. So they say. Um, Rob's been accused of being a bully before. I don't think Rob's a bully. Rob hey, I've got just, a grievance on that right yeah. now, so... So Let's listen, let the procedure work. I, I I think really I think that you need to have the ability to dig in to um to to be somewhat aggressive if you need to be right. I don't think you inherently have to be an aggressive person, right. but I think you need to have the ability to turn that on if if it's necessary if it's appropriate. Um, Personally, I'm kind of, we talked about it yesterday, right, Jay? I'm a politician, right? So I, 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 I don't want to call myself a schmoozer because that's not what I am, but I build relationships, right? I mostly have good relationships with management, with HR. Um, you know, even people who I don't really like, I can find something that I like about them. I can get along with them. And, and that's how I do business, right? I, I do business by by trying to make people want to help me, right? That's one of the best ways to do it. I mean, it's if you can go through it all like that, it's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, you can't. But but there is going to be those moments where you're still going to have to turn it up. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And and I don't have a problem doing that (laughs) at all. I think the other thing, too, is being able to sit in the pocket when it's uncomfortable and do your job with a clear head, right? Because when it's your supervisor that's committing a violation and you have a pretty good working relationship, right? That's uncomfortable. Yeah. But you've got a job to do and you are either going to defend the contract or you're going to fail the members, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, And that's why I tell my supervisors, listen, we can have a good work report, but understand at the end of the day, this is business, right? I'm here to do my job. You're here to do your job. I don't have to do my job if you actually do your job. 
There's a CBA. So at the end of the day, if all sides follow it, we don't have to be sitting down. That's a great point because once you do that and once you're comfortable with that conversation, that uncomfortable feeling goes away. That's not a permanent thing. And same thing for a member that's thinking about filing a grievance, right? It might be unnatural at first. You might be like, oh, I don't want to make waves. This doesn't feel right. But once you do it once, you realize why it's important and that you know it's not this big task. Yeah. So I think, listen, there are skill sets, right, for any job. You know, if you're not mechanically inclined, you're not a mechanic, right? Um, same thing with the steward position. There is a skill set that you need to have. You need to be able to communicate. Um, you need to be able to challenge authority, right? In whatever manner you do that, you need to have the ability to challenge authority. If you're completely uncomfortable with challenging authority, this is not the job for you. Yeah. Right, because that's what the job is. The flip side, if you're just a loose cannon looking for a fight, this also isn't the job for you. Absolutely, I'm glad you brought that up, Jay, because that's that's the truth, right? This is not, and this is, you know, I, I do the new steward training, and and it's one of the first things I say. If you took this job because you like fighting with management, you you, you made a bad choice, right? right? Because that's not what this is about. Yeah, that's not how we get progress. That you know, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for the members. And you really you have to be in control of your emotions. This isn't about you. This is about the grievance. Yep, always. And listen, I like a good fight as much as anybody, but um, it, those are usually the moments when I when I lose my temper are usually the moments that I'm least productive. Right. Right. That I'm 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 giving my member the least amount of representation that I can give them. Yeah. There's a time and a place and it it happens, but it yeah. can't be the baseline. Right. Absolutely. The, the way I look at it is knowledge is power. Understanding and communicating and learning this contract is the best way to win a fight. When you go in there screaming and fighting every day they expect that. But when you have to raise your voice once in a while, now they understand, okay, we must have did something that really ticked them off. No doubt. You know, so that that's better. And the other thing I must add on about being a steward is attendance. You got to come to work and you got to mm. come to your meetings. Really good point. Um, yeah. Listen, yeah. there is a commitment required of this job, right? A commitment... Um, Kind of an untold commitment. Yeah, right? yeah. So so there's a couple of types of commitment, right? You have to have a, a, a commitment to the to the principles, first of all, that, that I talked about before. If you're not committed to the principles of unionism, not the right job for you. Um, you also have to commit some time, right? There's not a ton of time outside of work that you need to commit, but there are meetings, right? You are expected to come to steward meetings. You're expected to come to membership meetings. So, um, you know, two, two days a month, you're expected to spend a couple of hours at Union Hall at meetings. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just, you know, that's so that you can be better at what you do. Being involved in general is uh, should be if somebody's looking to become a steward, that should be like that shouldn't be a difficult thing for them, right? Because we have so many other like caucuses and committees that like they they should also be getting involved with 
as well, if you be, if you become a steward, right, and you're that invested in into caring about the union and wanting to be involved, <clears throat> there's a lot of other things that you probably are more than likely going to volunteer for and get involved with. Yep. And 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 then if say if you're you're interested in being more involved and not necessarily becoming a steward and you don't think you have it, we still have all the caucuses and committees for people. To, to get involved and, yeah. and it's, that's something that would be great too yeah lots of ways becoming a steward is not the only way to get involved right. um so don't think that right um what what else do you need like like what helps i think it, you have to one i don't want to forget this is you can't sacrifice your credibility whether you're a member or a steward if you're filing you know frivolous grievances or you're you know making false representations you're going to lose your credibility quick and you're not going to be able to get anything done. Um, so I think you need to be credible. You need to be upfront, honest with people. You need to maintain discretion and, you know, not tell people's issues on the shop floor. And yeah. I think most importantly, you need to do this job for the members. As the steward, you're the guy that sh- or a girl that straps the membership to your back and takes care of everybody. You put the members before yourself and, you know, you eat last. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's um I'm glad you said that because th- there is that that need for self-sacrifice, right? You're 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 the person. Yeah, and like Mike right? said, it it kind of becomes an identity, right? It it's not something that you really check at the door. It's something that you know you. My wife will tell you that. Yep, <laughs> she she has told me so many times that I've changed since you know since getting involved with the union. Yeah, um, which is most of our marriage now, so she's used to it. But but yeah, there there is. I mean, there is an inherent change in in your personality a, a lot of times if you're yeah. really invested in doing this. And I think the ability to manage different people and their personalities, right, and work with different people. Uh, the good stewards that I've seen come through are the ones that are happy to join the group, right? We're always willing to take people in. You want to learn, we're going to teach you. Um, but the people that seek out that kind of mentorship and they try to do a good job and they try to get other opinions from other stewards and they come to meetings to ask their agent questions, those are the people that excel at the job. Yeah, yeah for sure. What about um, creativity? So I've always thought that that that's a that's an important personality trait right to be creative or have the ability to think outside the box right because um and and i think i think about you and i yesterday jay um in the the grievance that we did um for us right we go into grievances sometimes we go into the grievance procedure and we know right we know the company's wrong we know we're right we know the company's wrong but Proving it is sometimes more difficult, right? Getting a solid, building a solid case around what you know to be true is sometimes more difficult. And the ability to think outside the box and think creatively is really important to being successful at this job. Because as we know, right, not every grievance is cut and dry. Not every grievance we can point to a line in the contract and say, that's been violated. This is easy. Right. And, you know, that's a good point because when you get into a step one meeting and you sit down with a supervisor, the questions you ask make the case or fail to make the case. And I think of a few that Mike and I have sat in together where we sat before the grievance and developed this line of questioning to coax these, you know, responses out of the company that would prove our case. So, you know, as an amateur steward, you might walk in and just say, oh, I'm here to have a conversation. You discipline them and, you know, I don't think you were right. 
well, that's not very effective. But right. if you answer, you know, or ask rather a long line of questions that forces them to answer, you know, mm-hmm. and illustrate that they failed, then that's a lot more effective. Yeah. They, um, you know, and you're likely when you're dealing with supervision, um, you're likely dealing with someone who has far less knowledge of the contract than you do, right? So you're not only arguing uh, a a grievance, right? Arguing to win this grievance, but you're educating a a supervisor as well, right? So you have to educate them to make them understand how they violated the contract and then then win the grievance. Yeah. There's there's a lot of the times I'll sit down for for a grievance, and I will print out the section of the of the contract, um, like uh, the the, the write up, the part where the company agrees to the write up, every step how we got to this this write up, and then show that the job he just did is in that write up, and then it's like okay, so now you this is you this you were doing their job. Yeah, you take them by the hand. Do you understand this section? Yes. Do you understand this section? Yes. Okay. So this is the write up. Do you see what it says? Yes. Okay. Well, the line you just read is exactly the work that you just performed, which was the hourly. That's the hourly function, and you can't do that. Like, so really important, right? As as we as we continue this conversation, it be it becomes obvious and more and more obvious how important it is to read to understand your contract, to understand job descriptions, to understand, um, you know, you you don't have to become a lawyer, but to have a working knowledge of labor law is also an advantage to a steward, right? Um, What, so, so what mistakes do we make, right? And I don't want to, I don't want to call out stewards, right? I definitely don't want to do that, but, but not everybody does things right every time so what mistakes do we make maybe commonly that th- that that hurt us i think that i see a lot of the, the common mistakes are making promises or uh saying oh I'm, i can this is what i can get you you can't you have to word you have to word your stuff right you yeah. know you can't just go out there and say hey yeah uh, you know i'm gonna get you this it's this is what I'm looking for. I don't know if this is what I'm going to get, but I'm this is what I'm looking for. Yep. You have to be very clear on how you're addressing them because you could say, "Hey, we're look we're look getting a thousand dollars," but you might not get that thousand dollars, right? So you have mm-hmm. to make them very aware that it's that's what you're looking to get, and that might not be the outcome. Yeah. So false promises. Um, you know, false hopes on a lot of stuff. You just got to be wary about how you word your stuff. It's dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous, right? Yeah, being transparent is very, very key. And, yeah. Uh, that's the one, my biggest thing is I make sure every time I speak to my members, they know you might not like what, I, what I'm saying because it's not what you wanted to hear, but at least you know it's honest. Because if, the way I look at it, if you can come back and find out that I false, you know, give you a false promise or I wasn't right about something, you're going to call me out. And if you call me out, then like like Jay said before, there goes my reputation. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important as a steward to know your contract. Mm-hmm. Because if you can sit with that book and say to a member, listen, mm-hmm. I understand what you're feeling, but this is why I can't pursue that. It makes it a lot easier. And you don't lose that credibility with the member. Yeah. Saying no is a really big part of being a steward it's a talent that's learned it, it, it right? is it, having it, bedside manner and yeah yeah being I, able to i always say you need to learn how to tell a member they don't have a grievance and make them feel good about it 
right? And that's a that's a there's an art to that, right? Because that's an opportunity that that member could then sour on the union forever, no doubt. And I've met members, you know, that oh, I haven't dealt with the union since ten years ago when this happened, right? When you, this happened, and my steward told me to to go back to work and stop complaining, right? And then sometimes you're able to explain the situation to them just with your knowledge of the contract, why that happened to them, and at the end of it, they might not be so sour on the union. Yeah, they're like, so, oh, that wasn't explained to me like that, yeah. right? If I had known that, well, yeah. I might not have hated the union for six years. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it's a critical role. Mm. So I think the biggest, maybe not the biggest, but um, a mistake, a common mistake that we make is, you know, the opposite of what we're talking about is the steward who doesn't read the contract. Right? And, yeah. and there are plenty of them, right? There are plenty of stewards who, who actually get results from kind of schmoozing, right? Mm-hmm. They build relationships in their areas with with supervisors, with managers, with HR reps. They build these really good relationships and they get results, right? They, they you know, something happens in their area, they get it fixed by having a conversation. And, and that's a great skill to have. But without the contractual knowledge behind it is where we have a problem. And we do, you know, we have had stewards like that who who don't bother reading the contract um, and they get the results locally. But on those occasions when they have to advance that grievance to step two, that's where I've learned right as a business agent that it, it, it's it's a failure, Right they've done what they could do they advanced the grievance to step two but as an agent i don't know what's going on right because the steward has not hasn't had it doesn't have the ability to tell me what went wrong right right so um it it just kind of reinforces that need to read the contract you can be a schmoozer right i i think it's actually a, a good a good trait to have maybe schmoozing is the wrong word right but but i i think we know what having, i mean i think having what you're trying to rapport. say is having right having yeah. the ability to build a good rapport and have working relationships yeah. and it doesn't mean that you're a pushover for the company right it's no. the opposite of that it, it's having the ability to work together without you know having it sour the relationship at times where you need to be firm Correct. yeah yeah, that and and it goes back to what Rob was talking about, right? You can have those good relationships, but um, you, you have to make sure that it, within those relationships, there's an understanding that hey, sometimes this is business and it's not personal, right? right. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to be on opposite sides of an issue, and you know, it's not personal. Yeah, I think if you've said to yourself, all right, I think I'm the type of person that would make a good steward, then you know. There's no need to worry about, can I learn it? Can I do it? You know, if you're invested in it, I think that's where we see the shortfall with some people is they get into the job and they say, oh, this is more work or different than I thought it was going to be. And that's why it's important to get out, talk to a steward, show up at membership meetings. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking, hey, I want to run in this election coming up, you know, at the start of the year, you should absolutely be showing up to every membership meeting from now to then. Yep. You, You need to be informed. And if that seems like it's too large of a commitment, then this job is probably too large of a commitment. Mm. Yeah. That uh, might be harsh, but it's the reality. So, but you're right. And that's why we're doing this episode, right? Is to is to help people have a better understanding of what it takes to be a steward. Because we do, you know, we do have people who run who say, hey, this might be kind of cool, yep. right? I, I think it's kind of cool to be a steward. I want to get involved in my union. So maybe this is how I get involved in my union. And they have no idea what it's about. And to your point, Jay, they get in the, the job and they're overwhelmed because right. they 
it was not what they expected. But I think what you should understand, too, is when you get into this job, it's not going to be, hey, I'm going to take this contract book and a notepad and walk upstairs and take a grievance. So, you know, we've got a network of senior stewards that accompany, you know, a new steward on calls. Um, and the level of training that you get, I think, is incumbent on, you know, your involvement and what you go after. If you're, you know, willing to sit down and listen, you're going to find person after person down here at Union Hall willing to help you learn. Yeah, if you're hungry for the knowledge, you're going to find the knowledge. Uh, one thing, too, I'd, I'd like to add is, is if, if people have a serious interest and they um, have some ability with Excel, Word, um, computer computer ability, that's great. Like it's Like, it's kind of hard if you don't. If you don't have some mm-hmm. computer um, ability, it's going to be difficult because there is a lot of things that we have to type. We have to go through. We have a lot of like the overtime comes through uh, on through PDFs now. Um, seniority list. Yeah, our seniority mm-hmm. list is through Excel. Um, a lot of stuff that you're going to have to use on a daily basis is going to be on the computer, and then. Just to do like steward notes, and when you write a grievance, you have to be able to portray every all the series of events um, in, in a way where anybody who's going to write it or, or who's going to read it can understand exactly what happened, when it happened, and everything just by reading it. So I'm glad you brought that up. Those those, those are very crucial things that you need to have to be just like a, a foundation to to get rolling with the job. And those notes you write are the most critical, in my opinion, part of your job. Yep. That's, you know, the grievance form has to be filed and it has to be correct, obviously. Um, It has to be timely. But those notes make your entire case. And I always took the mindset as a steward that I should be able, like Mike said, to put this document, you know, file in front of you and you should be able to just read it start to finish and the case is made and there's nothing left to do. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I. I don't even know how to express how right that is, right? The the importance of taking good notes and then writing good notes, like you said, tell the story, accurately tell that story and, and, and what happened in every conversation and, you know, what the violation is and what the company did. It's so important. And that's also why if you don't, think you are steward material or just think you're not involved enough being a good member is very very important like i'm very lucky in area two that my members are really knowledgeable and them coming up to me and speaking to me asking questions or raising their hand when there's a violation that's honestly just as important as of a job and being coming to the membership meetings and understanding what's going on in the union around the plant is just as important as well Absolutely. No doubt. Yeah. There's nothing better than when a foreman violates the contract, you know, down the hall and around the corner. And by the time he gets back, you're already aware because your members are yep. active. Uh, yesterday, I literally had someone text me and say, hey, Rob, are you busy? And I was actually sitting in that conference room. I was getting ready to go sit down with a supervisor to talk about overtime audits. And they said, just want make aware. Look, if you go down the aisle, I see management touching parts. I call them. So having that extra eyes does help out a lot no doubt Yeah, it makes management think twice you know so you know the purpose of this conversation again is is to let people know what it takes right what it takes to to do this job i i i want to i want to 
I want people to hear this and and be able to say, okay, maybe this is not for me, right? That's part of the reason we're having the conversation is to is to give people an understanding of it so that they can make that decision if they're thinking about it, right? This is going to help make that decision. But I, I, I want to be careful about that because I don't want to discourage people who are motivated, right? If people are really motivated and, 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 and they want to do this, I want to encourage them to do it, but get more information, right? Um, you know, we've we've said this a couple of times in the conversation. Go talk to a steward. Yeah, absolutely. go sit down, have a conversation with your steward, yeah. and 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 find out, you know, if this is for you, yeah. right? So I think further conversation because we're just sitting here around a table having a conversation amongst the four of us. We people can't ask us questions right now, right? Yeah. So so you know. I encourage people who are thinking about this, um, and if this conversation has maybe shaken them a little bit, go talk to people. Talk to your business agent. Talk to your stewards. You know, talk to people and say, hey, you know, here's some of my questions. Yeah, if anybody ever is on second shift and wants to ask me a question, by all means, come over, and I would be more than happy to explain or help you try to figure out whether it's something that is for you. For sure. And that's why I think it's so important to come to meetings because that's like your, if you're not an active member showing up at membership meetings, that's your first kind of, you know, intro to what it's like. You know, that gives you a good flair of what the union's about, what the issues are that we're pursuing. Um, and then from there, you can get an idea of, you know, do I want to make another step? But I think having that chronological, you know, order yeah. is important. So what about relationships with your fellow members? So... Is is the guy or girl who sits at their workbench, head down, doing their job all day, is that does that strike you as a good candidate? I mean, it, that, that totally depends on that person. Like, it, 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 there's some people that are could be very quiet, and but you never know. Like, they also somebody that could be. They could be very book smart and all of a sudden put that into play. A sleeping giant. Yeah, yeah. you never know, right? Like they could pop out of nowhere and just actually. Sure. Hey, that guy might have read the contract three times and he's quiet and keeps to himself. Sure. Because he knows he knows what's going on. No doubt. But the flip side, right? If you're somebody that hey, I enjoy working my install and I like to you know put some music on and not be bothered and crank out some work and you know. Oh, I don't want to take that call right now. I, I kind of want to keep doing what I'm yeah. doing. Can you get somebody else? Oof. That is really, not a good steward. Really glad you brought that up, right? And and listen, there's nothing wrong with a member who wants to do their job eight hours a day and yep. go home. I've right? taken over those calls from other stewards, and you just kind of think to yourself, geez, if that's what you want to do, if, yeah. if wow. you want to just work on the aircraft, then that's fine. Yep. Just let somebody else fill in that role, right? Yeah. So that goes back to our conversation about having a commitment, right? There needs to be that commitment to doing this job. And and I think it's it's one of the top priorities, right, to that you need to you need to to commit to is that when the call comes in, the job becomes secondary, right? The aircraft job becomes secondary. The union job is first. So when you get a call, you get off the job and you go. Listen, there are times when that can't happen, 
right? There are some jobs that, you know, if, if I'm a machinist and I'm, and I'm in the middle of a run and I got 20 minutes left on the run, I'll go in 20 minutes, right? Right. So if I shut the machine off, it screws up the part, right? Yeah. So, so we, we, you know, we have to be good workers and, and we have to be conscious of, of the need to get that job done. But the the union job has to be the priority you know it's not always very black and white especially when you're i started off as a new employee and a new steward and you're trying to find the boundaries right um and as a new steward i had a senior manager tough senior manager that you know ran things very very tight um and at the time i remember being told i was trying to do a good job i had an install that was a three-day install it was mine i was the only one who did it and I remember being told, you're on a hot job. You can't go take this call. And they would feed the calls to the other stewards. And it got to the point where I was not able to get a call. And I was arguing with them. You know, you can't tell me I can't take that call. If And finally, I had to get the business agent in. We had a meeting with HR. And he said, you know, if this new hire steward is so critical to you, promote him to a water test, you know, labor grade two today. And, you know, otherwise, stop telling him he's on a hot job. Put someone else on that job if you need to. So you have to be able to, I think, see the difference between, you know, the legitimate argument versus if you're getting kind of bamboozled. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, some some folks in management are going to do that. And that's the uncomfortable part that I was trying to, you know, describe earlier, right? You want to do a good job. I wanted to be a good employee. I wanted to keep doing my install, and I wanted to be a good steward. But I had to finally decide – all right, listen, this steward job comes first. If you need to find someone else for the business for that install, that's fine. I understand that. Go do it. But this is what I have to do. This is what I committed to. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And, and, you know, absolutely. It's it's absolutely true. Um, steward job, it's not going to make your life easier. No, no it's so, not. There's this misperception, I think, with some people that like, oh, it'll be a lot easier for me. You know, it'd be great. I get the steward job. If you're taking this job to make your life easier or, you know, to to put yourself in a better position, you know, with management, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Yeah, because if well, and really good point, because if if you're doing this job right, management's not really going to like you. They're not going to like you. I remember early on in my career when people were getting the 25 cent raises, I was like, yeah, I'm never going to get one of those. I don't want one (laughs) because if if I got one, someone's going to think, what'd you do to go get that? Yeah. Right. Again, I, I pride myself on building relationships. I've done it. I've done it my whole career as a union guy. I, I I brag a lot about the relationships that we have between the union and the company up in the Shelton plant where I've always been a steward. Um, and, and I am proud of that, right? I'm proud because it, it's a really good place to work because of that relationship. Um, but I know as good a relationship as I have with the management team in Shelton, they wish I wasn't there. Yep. Right? They They wish I would go away. Yep. You do your job. Yeah. You know, and I think the most rewarding part, it's a ton of work, but the rewarding part is, you know, Mike and I cover paint shop. We'd walk into paint shop and one girl in there in particular, Kayla, every time, hey, bodyguard, the bodyguard's here. What do you need? That's great. Boss, you better look out. That's my guy over there. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Um, But when people are thankful and appreciate the job that you do, you know, it's a very rewarding thing. It it is, which, by the way, is really rare. (laughs) Yes. Right. So. So, again, if you're if you're thinking about running for steward for the accolades, right, for the pats on the back, 
Um, yeah, don't tell you, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have said that. They are few and far between the pats there, on the back. Yeah, right. Yeah. There will be a few glimmers where you feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It could last for about six hours, and that's about it. Right. Uh, but th- those moments are great. <laughs> right. Those moments. Those are the moments where you you say, "Okay, I am doing a good job." And it, it's a. It reminds you that you're in an important role. Right. Yep. The yep. job that you do defending somebody when you're going up to you know. To represent somebody and they might be terminated the job that you do the questions that you ask and the way you conduct yourself is going to dictate their future yes there are there are times and that's it's really important to talk about there are times when when people's livelihoods are in your hands literally in your hands right the 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 way you conduct yourself the way you perform your job could mean the difference between someone having a job and someone not having a job right yeah and to be clear we represent people right you're not there to concoct a story that's a lie and then send a member upstairs that's a mistake we don't do that yep you know you're here to represent that member to interpret the contract and to make sure that their rights aren't being violated yeah it's about the contract right and that's what I what I tell everyone when when you're running or or even voting. When I ran, I said, "Listen, don't vote for me because you like me or I'm your friend." That helps, I'm sure, but make sure you're voting for me because you know if your job's on the line, you know I'm there to protect you. I know I'm there for the right reasons. That's why I come to work. That's why I come to the meetings. That's why I'm learning the, the contract as much as I can and asking the right questions. Um, that's why all that comes into effect is very important. Really good point. Uh, you, you know, local 1150 elects their stewards. Not every local does that, and and maybe our members don't know that. A lot of a lot of Teamster locals appoint their stewards, and I know there's people listening who will say, "Well, you guys appoint stewards too." We only appoint stewards when there's a vacancy in the middle of a term, right? So we'll appoint stewards to finish a term, an elected term. Um, when it comes to steward election time, every position is up for reelection every single position so it's important to talk about that right to talk about the fact that we elect our stewards and there's a reason we elect our stewards and and you you said it best rob right it's not about it's not about choosing your friends it's about choosing the people who you know right in your area you get to know people and you choose those those people who you believe can do this job the best of any other candidate yeah you know, that's actually, now that you brought that up, you know, one thing, too, that I have seen over the years is is a lot of people like to make their votes based on that guy's seniority. I have met some some brand new stewards that are, are that could be great stewards, but they need um, the time in doing it, right? And, and, and their biggest concerns are, Oh, you know, I don't know, you know, because like people in my area, they only vote for seniority. If, if, if anybody out there listens, listen, if the guy is good, that's the guy you want to represent you. Yeah. Right. Don't you don't want somebody that you're just going to pick because of their badge number and then they're not going to protect you when when you, you could be losing your job. Right. Get the guy who's going to be passionate about what he's doing. Don't. I just for years I've heard you know people voting based on a, on the clock number and that's it's a it's a terrible thing to do. I think it's I, a terrible thing to do too. It, it, and you know we consider it when we appoint people. That's a little bit different. Yep. Um, but 
Yeah, you don't because want we don't know the candidates, right? We right. don't. So, so to be clear, when we appoint stewards, there's no interview process, right? We we collect names. You know, maybe someone will send a, an email that that, and they'll they'll talk a little bit about themselves in the email when they say they want the job but we don't do interviews we we largely look for people who are active at meetings we look for people who have who have more seniority right so maybe a um, history in the job yeah but but to your point mike to vote in an election purely based on seniority is the wrong thing to do um and i think i i think what people are worried about is you know that someone's running for steward to get super seniority because super seniority is part of it right Right. you you if you're elected as a steward you top the seniority list in in your in your group yeah and we should have mentioned that earlier if you're reason for wanting to be a steward is to get super seniority please so, don't do run. not run for that job don't run those are the worst stewards that we yeah i and, and listen i yeah i i can tell you as as the chief labor steward i don't want you as no. a steward if if you're running purely for super seniority i think people need to look at their vote for steward through the lens of if i'm on my way out the door who do I want coming with me? That one person that I can pick to help try and stop this from happening, or at least put me in the best situation moving forward with a grievance. Yeah. And if that's not how you're looking at it, you're failing yourself. Yep. Not everybody campaigns for the job, right? So, so I didn't, right? I think as a new steward, you kind of have to, um, and as a new employee, you have to. You got to get out there. I think it's a good idea. But as a senior steward, I kind of, you know, and maybe this is a failure on my part. I felt like you should your actions, it, your actions should show people the steward you're going to be. Yeah, I. So, so I'm the opposite, right? I always campaigned, and um, you're a and, politician, and and well, I am. Yeah, I'm a politician. But the reason I campaigned is because I kind of knew that. Okay, there's a faction of of our membership that pays no attention at all, Mm -hmm. right? They really don't pay attention. So they don't know what I've done. They don't know what I've accomplished. And, and, you know, I want, if they're going to come and vote, um, you know, going back to Rob's point, I don't want them voting for their buddy rather than me, who's working my butt off to try to represent them. Yeah, that's a really good point, because as a steward, you cannot go, you know, politicize your wins. You cannot be on the shop floor talking about, you know, look at this great thing I just did for that guy. You know, you have to be discreet. You have to maintain privacy. So a lot of what you do is kind of like an unsung hero, right? So if you're a new candidate, right, if you're if you're thinking about running for this job, you're a new candidate. Um, I encourage people to campaign and and listen, campaigning, you have, you have to, right? But part of that campaign is is just you know talk to people, talk talk to the your fellow workers in your area um, about why you want to run for steward. Yeah. And if you are a, a, a lower senior employee, make sure people know, hey, I, I'm not doing this for super seniority i don't care about that i'm doing this because I, I i think i can do this and i think i can do a good job and i want to do a good job mm-hmm. right that those are the conversations i think you need to have for sure we didn't get into safety or uh, job evaluation very much um so i think it might just be worth mentioning for a safety yeah i think so steward, too it's a little bit different right your area is the entire plant yes um so you've got a much larger election. You're running, you know, trying to get tons of people to vote for you throughout the plant. It's a, it's a different 
dynamic. Yeah. And, and so safety and a different steward. experience, right? Yep. Um, we were speaking solely really to labor this yes. episode. Yep. Um, but safety is a whole different ball game. Maybe we'll get some safety stewards at some point or, you know, so let's talk about safety a little bit because, because you're right. Safety is, it's a different ball game, right? It's, it's a different job and a different grievance procedure. It is. And, and you know, you're in some ways, your job is more important, right? There, you could literally be going on calls on a daily basis where people's lives are in jeopardy. Yeah. Right. People's, people's safety are in jeopardy. You could. Mike and I had one where, you know, we're not, we weren't safety stewards, but we had a scenario where someone was using chemicals in a way they shouldn't have been. And they were instructed by management to do this. And we walked in. Yeah. We were horrified. Yeah. And chemicals were spilling out of a paper cup that they were using to dump the chemicals. I mean, it was just atrocious. And we got the the proper safety steward. um, But that's a time where it's critical. Somebody could get hurt. Yeah. So I think it's important for folks to know, and and I think you're right. I think we should get some safety stewards on the show um, at at some point. But I think it's important for people who are thinking about running for safety steward to understand that it is a different job. There's not as much uh, direct representation of your members. There's a lot, there's a lot of education involved in, in doing the safety job. You got to take OSHA classes. There's, there are, there's a lot of classroom stuff. Um, there's there's a lot of auditing involved in in being a safety steward right you'll go into other areas and and audit an area for safety violations so there's a lot of that right there there's definitely plenty of of calls to go on but not as much as a labor steward right it, it, there's not as much direct representation of of the members uh, but but listen when they when they do call for a safety steward the safety steward is is a really important role and they they have to know their stuff right right? critically important to to you know grasp the education that you've been given and apply it yep when needed job evaluation again i think nobody understands job evaluation i i think even some of our labor stewards, you know, we, we it was a topic of discussion at our last steward meeting because even some of our labor stewards don't understand job evaluation and and it's it it's daunting to some people, yeah. right? Some people are really intimidated by it. They say, well, we don't, I don't want to do that job. I think an easy way of looking at it, you know, just to generalize, is you're a specialized type of steward in I'd say a labor type discipline right where your role is to look at what are people's jobs look at those job classifications look at the path of progression as we call it or the way you'd be promoted within those job codes and figure out is this work that's already encompassed in a write-up is this new work has the work changed Um, so this is something where we would have you make a request if you thought you had an issue you'd make a request to a labor steward you'd say hey I think I you know have an evaluation issue the labor steward would assess that and then decide, do we loop in with job evaluation? Right. And and just for anyone thinking about running for a job evaluation steward job, it's a very different job. Yep. There There is there is no direct representation of, of members. You're never going into a meeting with a member and, and arguing a case with management. It doesn't happen in this job. This is more a job of of analyzing right critical thinking 
analyzing job descriptions versus actual uh, work being done, um, writing reports, right? So that so that the, the 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 union leadership can go and argue this case. So it's it's really a lot of research. There is interaction with the membership because you're going to be interviewing people and asking them what 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 types of work they do on the job and taking really good notes and again so it's it's more of that kind of job it's uh it, it, it i i think of it more as like an analyst right you're going to go in and analyze a job and um so it, it's that type of thing so maybe you know if you're not the person who wants to go and and argue with management and get you know get up and personal with management Maybe that's the job for you. Yeah, right? and you know, a labor steward, they specialize in the write-ups for their areas, you know, the, the jobs that they see within their area. But as right. job evaluation, you cover everybody. Um, so you have to have the ability to look at, you know, any job and kind of digest that and and think about, you know, how is the work being done? And is it the work of this occupational group or is, wait, it's already covered by that group? You know, this isn't something we need to add here. This is something we need to pr- protect over there. Yeah. Yeah, so difficult job, I think. Um, hardly any accolades in in job evaluation, right? It's just, and there are only a handful of job evaluation stewards. What do you have? We have three or four. I think four. Yeah. So, um, and and that is for us here in Connecticut. Job evaluation stewards cover the entire state, right? So, Shelton, Bridgeport and Stratford, right? So you don't even cover just a plant. Yeah. So if you're thinking of getting involved, go down to a meeting. We got them coming up. Um, get with your steward, right? Make yeah. sure you find out what the job's all about. Yeah. I hope this helped. I hope this helped people understand. Yeah, like I want, like for me, when I got in here, I was very young. And we now we have a lot of members that are, 19, 20, 21, just like when me, Mike, and Jay started, actually. And just understanding, if you're going to become a steward, understand our history. You know, that was one big thing, too, because I, I got the privilege to actually work with a lot of the gentlemen that are actually retiring now or retired last year. And I was actually on the phone with one of them yesterday. And understanding how different it was. You know, you guys couldn't even walk in the calf for you guys. They were trying to fire you. You know, you, you couldn't do anything. And because of past stewards, we are here now today. We have better contracts. We have a better work environment, safety environment, and that's a big deal. So if you're going to run, make sure you understand that what's at stake, right? Because if we get weaker, we can lose some rights, and we don't want that happening. Um, obviously, we're here to make a product, and that's very important as well, but so are our rights. And that's why, for me, it was very good learning a lot of experience from the past from older stewards. And because of me talking to them, now I can now talk to the younger members and explain and pass on the same knowledge. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a cycle, right? It, it is. It's yeah. a, a turnover of, of that information. And and really good point. It's a, The history is important, right? And you're welcome. If you're a junior um, <laughs> employee, though, you know, you might decide, hey, I'm not ready to be a steward. I, I don't think I have the knowledge base or, you know, I don't feel like comfortable in the plant yet. But get involved. Come to the meetings, right? And get then you start one that, of, that. One that, of the caucuses. 
right? Yeah, like That's we've a, got so yeah. many caucuses, so many things. There is always something going on. We have the futures, you know, we have um, the TVC. You don't have to be a veteran to be part of TVC, but you can get involved and, you know, help yeah. raise money and awareness for, for the veterans. Yep. You get involved in the futures. We, uh, we like to show up at a lot of strike lines and we do picnics just to try to introduce people to, you know, family events. what teamsters are. Yeah, um, the, that's a good the woman's point. committee's been doing a lot of things. Like we we, we should try to get more uh, more of our members. Like, listen, if you don't, if if you maybe being a steward's not for you, but maybe getting involved with some of the committees is. Yeah, and we have stewards in every one of the caucuses. Now that I think of it, right? Yeah. Futures is heavily loaded, but yeah. all of them have stewards. So it's a good way. If you show up for those, you're going to learn through osmosis. It's going something's going to bleed through, and you're going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. You love. might decide you're, you're ready totally for love it later. that you use the word osmosis. <laughs> so before we finish, right, I just want to, you know, I, I kind of want to go back and, and, and talk about young people, right? Newer members, younger people. We've all talked about it in different ways. Um, I don't want anyone who's new out there being discouraged by the conversation. Not at right? all. Because I, I, I think. I think our young members, if you have the passion, that's the most important thing. I had right? eight months in the company, I think, that's, when I became a steward. Yeah. Eight or nine months. That's where it starts, right? It starts with the passion. And and you're a great example. But I think the best example in this local union of starting out new is Rocco Kalo, right? Rocco is, Rocco is a, a nationally recognized labor leader who became a shop steward at Sikorsky Aircraft in Local 1150 before he had a year in the company, right? So that guy ran when nobody knew who he was, and he won, and he is who he is today, right? So, you know, the next Rocco Kalo could be out there, and we don't want to discourage that person, right? So we want to make sure that it, it starts with the passion. If you have that passion, then that's a really good foundation, and, um, you know, we can build off of that foundation. For sure. Yeah, you take one step, and I think people are going to meet you halfway. You know, we're always looking for, you know, talented or passionate people to get involved. So, And we need help. So yeah, yeah. get and, involved. And listen, if you are interested, go talk to your steward. Like, there's not any stewards that I know of that are going to, like, shun you away when you have questions about what does it entail to become a steward you know i'm thinking about it what what would it be like ask the questions and you know maybe you could get a lot more information than you uh anticipated yep good talk yeah we want to thank you guys for coming on today this is yeah definitely a good episode for the members yeah no problem we appreciate it and thank you for your hard work on the floor you guys are some of our top stewards yeah We Keep appreciate it up. you. Love doing it. Yeah, good. All right, guys. So um, we have some upcoming events, right? All right. For upcoming events, we have our membership meetings coming up. Um, Alabama is going to be on October 24th. Florida is going to be on October 26th. And for Connecticut, we're just going to tell you the November meeting is on November 15th. By the time this comes out, our uh, October meeting will have passed already. Hopefully you joined us. We have good food. All right. Well, 
That's going to do it for another episode. Uh, As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for following the 10 to 12 podcast. If you're not following the 10 to 12 podcast, shame on you. Go to Podbean right now and follow us. Remember to let us know what you think about the show. If you hate it, let us know. If you love it, let us know. But let us know something. Email us at comms at teamsters1150.org. That's C-O-M-M-S at teamsters1150.org. And until next time, I'm Stephen French. And I'm Jason Shoemaker. We'll see you again. Thank you.